Greetings, and welcome to the Content Marketing Podcast, the show that helps marketers and entrepreneurs navigate the waters of brand building. I'm Alfred, your virtual marketing guide. Please keep your arms and legs inside an all time and enjoy the ride. Now here is your host, Anthony. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Content Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Trevelliante. We appreciate your patience last week with our little week break, but we are back to provide more value for you guys. And this week, my guest is Ashley Newton. This was a really fun episode for me because I've known Ashley for about 20 years. Um, We went to elementary school, middle school, and high school together. Um, But then as many people do after high school, we kind of parted our separate ways to, uh, to go to school and do all those different things. But as the universe sometimes does, we have been brought back together. Um, as video marketers, and both of us have landed in different industries. We've had a bits of, we had different paths to get there, but also came kind of from the similar love of filmmaking and storytelling. Ashley works as the lead video specialist for KHM Travel Group, and they serve as kind of like a talent agency for the travel industry. So they actually help create travel agents and provide them marketing resource, um, educational resource, and her and her team do a lot to help these up and coming entrepreneurs get going much like what we do here at Trav Media Group. So we had a really fantastic conversation and it was so good to get to catch up with Ashley and see all the great things she has been accomplishing. So if you are in the travel world, if you are a video marketer, this podcast is for you. Or if you're just trying to hear about some other young talents doing great things in this world, Ashley is a wonderful example of that. So sit back, enjoy the show, and here comes episode four of the Content Marketing Podcast. Ashley, welcome to the Content Marketing Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. So we kick off the podcast every week by tell everyone who you are and what you do and who you work for. Absolutely. Well, my name is Ashley Newton, and I am a lead video content specialist for KHM Travel Group, which that is a host agency in the travel industry. I thought that was pretty, the setup of your company was actually pretty interesting when I was looking into it. I, I, I thought from a distance you guys like were travel agents, but it's, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting that you guys like kind of work as like a talent agency, huh? Almost. Um, to be honest with you, before I started working for KHM Travel, I actually didn't really know that travel agencies were still a thing outside mm-hmm. of like AAA. And I really had no idea about the host agency model. And the way that somebody explained it to me that really kind of clicked was this is apparently how like real estate agents operate as well. Like you go to a real estate agent, you work directly with them, they have their own company, but behind the scenes, that real estate agent actually usually works under like a host. So that's where they get their accreditations and their training and all of their support network. So all of our travel agents run their own independent businesses, but we always say, you know, they're in business uh, for themselves, but they're not by themselves because that's what we provide is their credentials, their education, marketing resources. I could go on, but we're just getting mm-hmm. started. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, but I, so I like that you guys provide the marketing and stuff because you guys do. A, it's a lot of stuff that it's tough. You know, like owning a marketing agency, it's hard to keep up with my own marketing. Like it's a lot to deal with. And especially if you're someone who's coming in and learning business for the first time um, and stuff like that, I'm sure it's immensely challenging. Before we get into content and stuff, though, since we're talking about the travel agency, you mentioned you didn't even know they exist. Like, what's the biggest misunderstanding um, that people have about travel agencies? 
Uh, I would say how they get paid is one of the biggest misunderstandings. Like, I think that people think, oh, if I book this myself online, I'm going to be saving tons of money because I'm not paying somebody to do it for me. Um, When in reality, travel agents are paid by the supplier. So like if I want to go on a Royal Caribbean cruise and I use a travel agent, that travel agent is getting paid by Royal Caribbean, not by me. There are some travel agents that do charge like a service fee, kind of like if you're working with a contractor, um, they might charge you like a fee to get an estimate or something like that. But that's on an individual basis. So I would say that's one of the biggest misunderstandings is that it really doesn't cost you any more money to use a travel agent. It's, yeah, it's kind of like a, even in the marketing world, it's kind of like a subcontractor where, you know, it's like if I work some of my partners and people I work with, I get actually a percentage off of their service. So then you can bring it back up to what it actually is and then you get the expertise and stuff with it. Yes, exactly. And I mean, being kind of on the inside now, I see the information that these travel agents are getting. And I could not imagine trying to create my own vacation and keep in mind all of these things that these agents are thinking about constantly. When's the best time to go to certain destinations? Um, Like what kind of travel insurance and protection do you need? That's become a big thing with, you know, where we are at now in the world. Yeah. And I mean, you know, most of the time they've been to these places, so they can give you little insights that you would never think of like, oh, well, you know, you're this far away from the airport, so you should really change your flight to this time so you can have the most time and get there, um, you know, and enjoy your full day and destination instead of spending half the time traveling to the airport, you know, just things that... I don't think you see when you're just using like an online booking agency. It's it's daunting to travel, like plan traveling, especially like, you know, in my world, it's for work, but it's like you do kind of like overshoot all these little technicalities where it's like, you know, I've done jobs where it's like, oh, there's a, a $70 hotel that's going to be sweet, but then you pay $20 Uber each way to the airport, then you pay all these different things for stuff. So having that expertise totally uh, makes sense to me. The one thing, too, that I've noticed getting to know these travel agents um, is that, honestly, they are a fun group of people. Like, they just want you to have fun on your vacation. And, like, they will usually go above and beyond and do things that you don't even, like, expect or know that you'd like to have. And that's what I like is you get kind of that extra level of service that really makes your vacation feel special. Yeah, I imagine all these people are passionate about traveling, too. So they kind of get to work in their passion, um, which probably adds a lot of, um, you know, benefit to the client. Oh, absolutely. But we're here talking today um, about marketing and about content. You actually are the video content marketer for this company or the video marketer for this company, which is pretty, um, which is awesome that you ended up in video because me and you have known each other for, I think we were talking 14, 15 years, probably honestly, even longer. We went to school together. Um, and I didn't even know you did video for the longest time. How did you kind of, how did you end up like in video? Uh, well, after high school, I went to college to actually go into broadcast journalism. So I kind of thought I'd be like on the other side of things, like, you know, the talent kind of like reporting news. Um, you know, and I quickly learned that that just wasn't quite enough for me. I didn't feel like I could really be creative. And I found that what I really loved was kind of all the nerdy stuff, the the producing, the shooting, the long days. Um, so I just kind of changed my major and went in with the hope of someday, maybe even, I don't know, like making movies. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you can hear that background noise. <laughs> it's all right. We'll work around it. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
I always knew I wanted to do something with storytelling. And then the more I learned about video in college, the more that that was kind of the medium for me. Yeah. You mentioned movies. Is that something you said you're still kind of passionate in? Yeah. Well, that's, you know, like many of the people in my, in my uh, class at Kent, we all kind of thought that we'd end up, you know, making blockbuster films heading over to like Atlanta mm-hmm. or Hollywood or, you know, Canada, cause they have a bunch of production up there. Um, but I kind of ended up valuing a regular kind of steady life more than that industry can provide. And that's why I'm really happy to have found this kind of niche where I still get to make videos. I still get to use visual storytelling, but I can have a little bit more of like a reliable nine to five sort of lifestyle. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty cool. Uh, it's interesting to hear you went through that same thing because I went through something very similar um, where I went to school for film and realized that like, I don't know if that life was for me, you know, and I, and it's like, I'm an entrepreneur, like I own a business, so it's not like I work any less. Um, but it was that, and I like same with like the, the security, it was that sense of like control. Like I didn't really like how the industry was so like jump now or don't jump at all. You know, you got to move here. You got to go there. You got to get this job at the last minute. So there was like this bit of like me that had to think about, you know, what do I want later in life? And do I want to be kind of strict to this stuff? Um, but I think, you know, something I've realized, at least doing marketing, is that storytelling is such a part of marketing that it's like, I don't even feel like I've given up anything. Do you feel that same way with what you do? Absolutely. I really don't think I could have said it better. And like, I think I had a lot of like misconceptions going in, like, because I was like, ooh, the last thing I want to do is marketing, because I just saw it as this flat, like not a lot of room for creativity, just kind of pushing the company line sort of thing. But like you said, I mean, there is storytelling, there is creativity, there is emotion. I mean, yeah, it's not a two hour film that's going to win and like win an award or anything, but it's, it's important and it does impact people's lives. Yeah. And it's, I was going to, you said yourself, uh, it impacts lives. It's like, you know, something I kind of thought about in movies have impacted me a lot. So I don't want to go on, go out there and say movies don't matter, but you know, that, that award doesn't matter. You know, it's like some of the stuff I get to do, like, especially being in the cannabis industry, it's like, we're changing people's lives where the industry is very heavily tied into like this social equality. Um, it's very tied into our human rights. It's very tied in all these things. So it's like a part of me, like always gets this feeling of like, you know, what I'm doing now is more important, you know? And it's like movies to me, cause I still want to hit back on film at some point, but it's like, I honestly think about film in my forties or like my fifties. It's weird. It's like, it's just like, I don't think that my time is here right now to do that. So you went the, a big difference between what we did um, a difference with us is that you went to a four-year college and I did not. How do you think a four-year college helped prepare you for your career? Um, you know, my my counterpart, who we're really like, we're, we're equals. Uh, we got hired on the same day. He's also another like video content specialist for KHM Travel. Um, he also only has like a two-year degree. And, you know, I wouldn't say that that makes him any less skilled or any less dedicated or any less creative or anything like that. But for me, I think I really needed all four years, um, A, just to kind of figure out myself and figure out what who I am creatively and being able to be in an environment where you're just completely immersed and you, you have the hands on. You know, I had never even held a video camera aside from one that mm-hmm. actually recorded on tape <laughs> until wow. I got to college. So it was a huge learning curve for me. Um, 
Yeah. And discipline, compromise, a lot of things that, you know, you just kind of learn throughout life. I was able to learn in an environment where I felt safe to fail and try again. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Uh, Cause I'm kind of like, I'm not in the anti-school bandwagon, but <laughs> um, it's like, I just like, I've learned, I, I couldn't, it couldn't, it didn't work for me. You know, like I went to Tri-C for two years to get like my hands on a camera. And then it was kind of like, I just need to go out um, and ch- and kind of like just chase it on my own. Did they get to, did you guys get to work with like real and like all these different mediums at uh, Kent State? Um, well, we had to, for my audio classes, had to actually work with tape and splicing and like winding oh, it up wow. and everything. So that was a really cool experience. Um, otherwise, it was mainly digital. I mean, anywhere from like professional studio cameras um, to just like little like handy cams. It really just depend on what you what you were able to rent out from the library at the time. Um, mm. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't think it's for everyone. And especially as I pay my student loans every month, I'm like, did I need that education? But you know, for me, I think it was really important. And for me, it helped solidify because each day when I went up and I went to class and I was excited about what I was learning or, you know, when I did all the extracurriculars, I joined like our student media and that was very hands-on. So it just kind of solidified to me that I was in the right place. That's awesome, especially because you made that change. So I think that environment allowed you to kind of make that change a little more easily than this like kind of thrown it in the air. Cause I actually like totally dove away from video to get my first marketing job. I became like a project manager, um, mm-hmm. which wasn't video at all. And it was not <laughs> in my wheelhouse. Um, but it also taught me a lot of things like that I needed. I don't know. It's interesting. It's so cool to like, as we get older to see like the journey unfold into like what it was supposed to be. Like I needed that working as a project manager made me organize and it made me learn how to talk to clients and it made me learn, all like these kind of things that I probably wouldn't have learned if I was just stuck in the video realm. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean as far as like kind of the organizational stuff, because I don't think anybody starts out being passionate about that. But when we were doing our student film and I was in a producer role, I had to just kind of organize, you know, all these auditions and I had to create our call sheets and do all of just kind of paperwork stuff and now I love it. Like I get so excited and I like kind of manage all of our projects and keep things going. And I love having that bird's eye view because it helps me have this whole picture of our campaign and our goals and like what we really want to accomplish. Whereas otherwise I could see myself being very project focused and just kind of missing out. Yeah, that that's that's good that you're like in the weeds of that and on the production side. So that's something I feel like I've lost a little bit just because I'm a one man band a lot of times. So it's like... You know, all right, I got to cut this corner, cut that corner. How big a teams do you guys usually produce with at KM, KHM? Uh, well, <laughs> literally it's me and, and my coworker, Robbie, when it comes down to like hands-on video. But, you know, as a marketing team, like, um, like if we want something that we want a script or an outline for, we have writers that, are, that do our blogs uh, and our PR. So we kind of work together. And for graphic elements, we have our graphic design team or visual design team something fancy. (laughs) And, you know, they're all great and they're all super talented. So, you know, sometimes they'll create the graphics for me and then I just add the animations and I make them come to life. So we all kind of work together and bring our own expertise in our own ways. That's awesome. It's always great to, to, you know, have the team because that's, it's, it's a lot to like think about those things and like, especially graphics. I like that you bring up graphics because I feel like that's something I see 
mark like video people fail on quite a bit um in the sense of they don't have the the just the graphic knowledge you know it's like a graphic designer has their own set of tools much like we as video creators have our own set of tools so to be able to have that team there to feed off each other just kind of ends up being another uh, great product Oh, absolutely. And I don't think people realize that like, like motion graphic videos and like animated videos, that's a completely different skill set than like Mm -hmm. live, you know, footage. And I mean, you could go to school for like eight years or be in the field just living it for years and still have more to learn. I mean, that's true for anything creative, I suppose, though. Animation moves fast, though. I mean, they got... um character animator now with Adobe, which kind of dumbs the process down a little bit. I don't want to say dumbs it down. It's still a lot to deal with, but um, it make it, you know, it's like, that's even an evolution now. And then now you're seeing Premiere bring in a lot of these, not animation tools, but I, they just brought in the, uh, the background scrubber cleaner tool um, from After Effects. That's not the name of the tool, but <laughs> um, it's the thing that like moves the background around. So you're kind of seeing these like, uh, all these tools start combining and you're also seeing them evolve in their own ways, which really, you know, I just talked on the podcast uh, last week with Dallas um, and my old boss. And he actually has come from, you know, from where they had to actually like make the posters on paper and scan them. And, you know, the and graphics were like an actual screen over video film that they put for lower thirds and stuff. So it's like, now you're in this world where it's like, we can just whip open After Effects and create on a whole different level, but it still incorporates a lot of the same things. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think about how far we've come in such a short period of time. And like you said, how much things even just continue to change. Like, I feel like I finally will have a handle on a program and then it's like, Oh, (laughs) you know, update. And now what used to take you three, three or five minutes now will literally take like one second because all you do is hit a button or whatever. I've like written Adobe with complaints I have and like they'll like come at me like, oh, it, that doesn't exist anymore. It's fixed. And it's like, you guys just had to fix this. <laughs> but it's like always changing so much because I was like struggling with captions for open captions for a while. They weren't they weren't allowing them to go into media encoder. So I had to export every like I did this project. It was like 160 social media videos and I had to export every single one individually out of Premiere as opposed to just moving them all to one place and dump them. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, it was a pain. But um, something you just brought up that I thought about going back to college. Do you think getting to work with those um, older mediums gave you kind of a sense of, I don't know if appreciation is the word, but kind of like where you where your career position has been and to where it's going? Um, what do you mean? <laughs> like, do you, uh, did does it... Does what you do mean, does how you do things and the technology you use mean more to you because you got to use the old forms of technology and see how they worked? Gotcha. Um, I, I think so, definitely. And I think partially it's just that I'm more amazed by the technology because I understand, you know, what what was the case before. So I think we take for granted because, I mean, we carry computers in our pockets every single day. We just log on and we can talk to people all over the world. You know, I think that we kind of forget how amazing that is. So being able to have kind of that frame of reference definitely makes me appreciate it. But I won't lie, I still get mad when my computer runs slow or when it takes too long to export or render. I still think it should be lightning fast. Yeah, you got to, I just bought a brand new computer for that reason. And it's like, 
it still has like limitations. It's like, man, I spent a lot of money on this thing. Um, KHM works as like a marketing agency with these travel, with your travel agents. How do you advise these clients to use video for their own individual marketing service? Well, what's cool about, you know, our setup is that our agents can create their own marketing. They can work with any outside marketing company that they want to, you know, they can use whoever they want to print business cards. They can use whoever they want. Like some of our agents even use like Fiverr to make their own little videos and stuff. But because they have us, they also have access to all the marketing that we create for them. It's just whether, you know, they utilize it or it aligns with their brand. Um, but I would say, you know, one of the things that we always try to convince our agents to do, especially when it comes to video, is the stuff that's very mm, affordable, I would say. So like something we've been pushing our agents towards is doing like live broadcasting because you know that it's huge right now, whether mm -hmm. it's Facebook Live, YouTube Live, or like even Instagram stories and stuff like that. And that is such a good way for them to stay in front of their clients, especially with everything that's going on right now. I mean, they want to know when countries are opening up and when cruise lines are going to start sailing again. So instead of having to type all that out, you know, you can add your personality and your emotion in a Facebook Live. Absolutely. And you could just kind of create more interaction with Facebook Live too, which, I'm which I imagine travel agents benefit uh, greatly from. You said you let their brand kind of dictates that. How much control does KHM keep over their own brand with their agents? Or do you kind of let them do whatever they want? Zero. They are they completely create their own brands from start to finish with their names, um, with their logos. You know, we help. We offer them coaching. You know, if they send our their logos to us, you know, we'll say, that looks great. Or maybe, you know, I'd tweak that a little bit. But, you know, in the end, I mean, it's their business. So it's completely up to them what they do. Um, we do, you know, kind of ask that they don't say that they aren't like an employee of KHM just for like legal reasons that gets a little yeah. confusing, but you know, they're more than welcome to share like our graphics with our logos and our videos. Like we really, like we create these videos just for the agents to share. We call it, it's this year, it's our vacation vision series. And, you know, they have our logo on there, but we provide talking points in case they're, um, clients or viewers get confused being like, oh, but your sunny days travel, why does this say KHM? You know, so they can explain yeah. that host agency relationship. But I don't think that really happens all that often because people get caught up in the pretty views or the pretty graphic and don't really pay attention to the little bit of branding. Yeah. Travel photo, travel is always about that, like awing image. Um, and I, I notice a lot of that, what you guys use on your website, but you, you mentioned using um sim keeping them kind of simple um how do you how do you balance creativity with simplicity especially with stock video and templates because i'm someone who uses stock video and templates still as an agency um and it, for me it's just kind of about keeping them fresh in a way but a lot of agencies are against them but as you said you know it kind of benefits people like that who don't have these huge marketing budgets. How do you kind of yourself with KHM keep it creative and then maybe ways you suggest to your clients? Um, well, you know, I do struggle. I think all creative people do with having to, A, you know, work within the means of what you actually have and can afford. But then also, you know, I have to channel my creative voice into that KHM voice. Um, so the one thing that, you know, I just... 
I'm not afraid to get it wrong. I'm not afraid to put some time into something, turn it over and have them go, you know, you kind of missed the mark on this. Let's let's take it down or let's take it this way. Because otherwise, I just think you're, you're never going to know how far you can push the envelope if you don't try. Um, and as far as with like stock, because we do, we use stock a lot. I use templates all the time. My thing is always just, you know, take the time because there's so much out there that you can use for free that you can use without getting in any sort of trouble. So I think part of it is, you know, spending the time to find the right piece and then don't use it out of the box, you know, add your flair, edit it, you know, just use it as a starting point. And then by the time you're done, it won't scream stock footage, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that's so smart because that's kind of almost exactly the way I word it to people is it's it's like it's kind of like a car. You know, it's like you get these templates that are there's your car, but you can flip open the hood and you can replace the spark plugs and you can add a, a subwoofer in the back or kind of make it your own thing. And you could take pieces and parts out. Did it take you? Um, have you always been comfortable with failure and creativity or was that like a, a kind of a, a a mountain you had to climb early on? Oh, absolutely not. I'm still climbing that mountain. <laughs> it's still it's such an important mountain to be on. So I'm so happy to hear you talk about it. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think especially like I'm a people pleaser, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Like I, I hate letting people down. And I think that's how it can feel sometimes when you do a creative piece that doesn't land right. But mm. I mean, I feel like once you survive it once, it gets easier the second time and yeah. then the third time. It's like, falling on ice or something yeah yeah exactly you got to build those calluses you have to yeah get those bruises it's it's it, it's it's hard i think because it's so personal like i i remember like vividly the first time i really messed up with a client you know and it was like you didn't listen to them kind of you know and it's like you went your own way and it's like it's i don't know it's not even you didn't listen but it's like you get as a creative you get so passionate about what you're doing that it's like even if I see one of my clients doing something a certain way, I have to make sure that I'm really understanding if I'm in the right, you know, not taking the run on that. So, but when you, when you drop the ball, which it's okay to drop the ball, cause that's kind of, I think, I think good clients want that a little bit, not that they like failure, but I've, I've noticed clients who appreciate me more are when I, when I actually push new and creative ideas on them, even if they don't hit the marker. Yeah, you know, and I, I think I'm very fortunate to have found this little like family at KHM Travel because, you know, it, it definitely can feel uncomfortable and, you know, you can feel like like you just don't want people to see that side of you, but it's always just a very like open environment and nobody's ever just going to be like, no, and not tell you why it didn't work. So it always becomes like a growing opportunity and like a learning opportunity. That sounds like the company culture there is just really dictated like openness and comfortability in what you guys are doing. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's like ne it's never so cool that you found that here too. Like we're, we're both from Cleveland, Ohio area. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's tough. It's tough to find jobs like that around here. You know, I was very blessed to find Dallas when I worked for him, but it's like, I don't know like how many other agencies around here I could work for how, you know, your options are really, even in film, your options are really narrow in cities like Cleveland or like Pittsburgh or Philadelphia where Philadelphia is a little bigger, but like, you know, even, even film in Pittsburgh, it's like, you only have so many crews and you only have so many agencies doing things and stuff. So that's really awesome that you were able to find this home here in such a small little Midwest area. Yeah, I definitely count my blessings there. And, you know, working with a team of creatives can definitely be challenging 
because we're not always going to be on the same page or have the same vision or want to take the same approach. But, you know, that's part of what we were talking about earlier, where like you have to be okay to compromise like your vision sometimes for the the bigger picture. And when you're marketing, you're off, especially in travel or in cannabis, you're talking to people, you're talking to people who aren't in your perspective. And I think me and my brother have been really talking about this with everything kind of going on in the world lately is like, it's even more important to have a team just so you can get those other perspectives, those other perspectives from different, you know, rather different gender or a different race or a different sexual orientation. It's like, there's things that you can't always see it. It's, it's just us being, it's just who we are. It's not that any of us have any of us creatives out there are, are single-minded, but it's like, sometimes you got the blinders on and you're just, you're just chugging away and you're not thinking about other things. Is that, is that kind of something you guys do a lot of with in there? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I have just completely not seen something from a certain perspective. And if my team member hadn't called me on it, like we probably would have gotten some like PR trouble, you know what I mean? And had like a marketing fail because to me, I'm like, oh, like maybe that's my sense of humor or maybe that's just like, maybe I was thinking of something in my past and tying it to that. You know what I mean? So like we definitely, we hold each other accountable a lot. And what I really appreciate is all the people who spell check my work. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm glad to hear another video person who sucks at spelling. Oh I am God. like, that is where I have done the silliest stuff. Like even when I worked at the age the old agency, it's like a client would be like, there is spelled wrong. And it's like, oh my God. Cause there's no one, there's no spell checkers in any video software. So I would appreciate that if anyone's listening who has kind of power to do that. <laughs> but also it's like, you're also moving your hot. Like for me, I make mistakes with hot keys. Like I'll put a V after a word on accident sometimes and not see it. Cause I'm like hot keying. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's good that you have that team. That's like definitely it's, it's, that's something I, I stress out quite a bit about is I don't have the full team yet, you know? And it's like, rather we're talking perspectives of how my marketing's done, rather we're talking about spell checking and making sure, you know, it's like, it's hard to, um, I talked with uh, Jennifer Wetzel, first episode of this podcast series, and she talked about, I can't remember the book, but it's it's a woman she listens to talks about creative cycles um, and kind of how even just having more people to kind of fuel that tank um, and keep the cycle going is so important. Oh, yeah. I, I mentioned earlier that vacation vision series that we do. And, you know, that's each month we need to come up with like two videos that highlight something that makes you really want to travel. And it sounds pretty easy, but I'll tell you, there are some days when I sit down and I'm like, I can't think of a single thing. So, you know, I'll go to the team and I'll just say, hey, like, do you guys have any ideas that you'd like to see? And then before you know it, somebody could just be like, oh, you know, it'd be cool kind of focusing on like parents dealing with their kids right now. And then before you know it, we kind of have this dialogue of a storyboard going and I'm super excited about a project that I didn't even have an idea for like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, that's awesome. Because even to keep continuing on our point, it's like, you know, we're, we're not parents. We're not, there's other, there's so many things to think about, especially with the industry of travel and how how things are done. Um, how important is video to telling the KHM story as compared to all your other content you guys create? Um, well, I will say that it definitely is just like part of the picture. Um, actually, like part of our company philosophy it, when it comes to our employees is that no one person or team is more important than KHM Travel Group as a whole. 
And that's kind of how I feel about our marketing, even though I, of course, love video and that's my thing. But I don't think it's any more important than our blogs or our graphics or our PR. Mm -hmm. But what I think makes it important is that it really allows us to show our people. It allows us to show our faces and our personalities and, you know, all of the different levels of age and experience and backgrounds and the diversity that we have. And it also allows because we really try not to script unless we like really have to to like get a certain point across. So a lot of the times it's coming straight from that person in their opinion and their their take on the situation. So that's where I think the power of video is like so awesome. And, you know, we put a huge emphasis on um, Facebook lives because we have these groups for our agents to network and help each other. So that gives us the opportunity to talk to them live as things come up. We have suppliers come in and, you know, they'll do the Facebook lives as well. So then the agents have this interaction that, I mean, honestly, you wouldn't be able to get in any other format, you know, because these travel suppliers, they they are responsible. They're, they're usually called BDMs, um, business development managers or BD, uh, business development specialists. And they're responsible for whole territories, you know, so they don't have the time to sit and talk to each one of these people individually. But that's where video, like we were talking about earlier, gives that engagement. Do you think travel, the travel industry allows you to adapt live video quicker? Um, because I'm a big fan of live video, but something I've noticed is that, um, for example, let's use me and my brand. It's like people aren't used to seeing me do live videos. So it's like when I do something like that, it doesn't hit. Do you think your industry helps with that? Or do you think it's just something that you guys really start off the rip that you kind of not demand from the audience, but just condition the audience for? I, I think partially it's the work that we've put into it because it definitely has become a lot more important than it was when we first kind of just started doing it. And, you know, we've worked out our processes. We've kind of worked out the kinks a little bit and, (laughs) and kind of found a format that works for us a little bit better. So I think part of that is, you know, just practice and the more that they see it, the more they get used to it. But I also think part of it is it's just a very kind of close knit. um, I don't want to say like casual, but I'm gonna casual sort of um, environment and relationship with our agents. So the idea of somebody flipping on their webcam and talking to you for 20 minutes about a supplier update isn't uncomfortable, you know? Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing a lot with your marketing too, is you guys are just empowering your clients. You know, you're empowering them to take that step and do it themselves. That makes me so happy. That's like our, that's like our whole (laughs) thing. That's all we try to do. And you get, well, I mean, it reads like I'm, this is me, I'm not staring at your website. I'm not staring at anything. This is picking up from what you're putting down. You mentioned your process. Um, how does the creative process work with KHM? Do you guys get given like, here's our goal for the, the quarter. Here's kind of, there's like the top down give you like, here's what we're thinking, taking and run. Or is it kind of just really a full blown collaboration? You know, I'd say more towards the full-blown collaboration. Of course, we have our, you know, our company goals that every single department is trying to work towards in some way. But when it comes down to it, I mean, it's really a lot in our control. And we've worked really hard. I mean, I've only worked for this company for three years. But even in that time, we've worked really hard as a marketing department to kind of shift the attitude because I think people think of marketing as like, oh, I need a flyer made or, oh, I need, I need this Facebook banner. But, you know, we've been able to kind of 
get everybody to think about it a little bit differently. And now we get to be a little bit more of the voice saying, you know, this is the approach that we need to take as a whole company. And, you know, marketing isn't just external. We have to think about how, what we're saying internally and how we're promoting things within just our private channels, you know, so it's, it's grown a lot and I just know we're going to keep taking off. Yeah. It sounds like it. Um, you guys, uh, you guys are obviously an outsource, um, to these people, but how do you, what do you find the biggest, this might be a weird question, I guess, cause you allow travel agents to outsource further beyond you, but how, what's the biggest benefit of outsourcing marketing? Do you see coming from, like working with your clients? Like for our independent agents, like what's their biggest benefit using yeah, us? Yeah, like I mean, I know, like I said, you mentioned that they can go elsewhere, but let's say they come to you instead of doing it on their own. What is what is a benefit you see in companies or like in my or agents or in my world companies choosing an outside perspective for marketing? Uh, well, definitely, I would say for you know these agents, they're starting an entire business. So they need to think about the legal aspects, the accounting aspects, just customer service in general. So marketing isn't ever really going to get the attention that it really needs, I think, from an average person. So that's the biggest benefit, I would say, because even if you still want to go create your own stuff, we tell you where to start. We tell you what to focus on. We tell you resources to go to. So you're not just hitting Google and trying to figure it out all by yourself, you know? And then since all of the, since all of our agents have different levels of expertise and different backgrounds, you know, we'd like to meet them where they're at. So that's why, you know, we, we put out these resources and let them use them as, as they want to. And yeah. Well, kind of like how you said the travel agent is misunderstood um, as someone who has all this experience and knows more, which can help you kind of the same with marketing, especially using your company. If you're one of these travel agents is you guys have all this experience, you know, you've seen what works, what doesn't, how it works. Cause sometimes with marketing, there is no silver bullet. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like, you know, it's like a video. I'm, I'm a video proponent as well, but it's like, that doesn't always work. Photos don't always work. Paid ads don't always work. So it's kind of this ecosystem you have to create of marketing and, and the experience and the not like, you know, reading how to make a website doesn't give the expertise that maybe someone on your team has with websites. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. Because I mean, this is this is what we do. So while you're worried, or you know, like, while our agents are worried about all of these other things, I show up every day. And my focus is marketing for travel agents and marketing for our travel like host agencies. So yeah, I mean, use the expertise, use what's there for you. Cause that's, and honestly, I just love working with them and I love seeing our material being used and being shared. I mean, it's like being a proud mom. <laughs> I <Yeah>. imagine. Oh, <laughs> it, it, it's, I understand. I don't know how to be, I'm not a father either, so I can't relate to that, but I know what it's like to see your work. You know, it's like we used to do melt. I used to work with melt quite a bit. And I remember seeing all the ads in the scene magazines or seeing your commercial on TV. Um, it's very proud. And, a, a thing that relates in our world so much, it's weird. Tra I mean, I guess travel and cannabis could relate together, but it's the one, the why, my why statement kind of, and why people choose me is that I understand that plant and I understand the industry. And it's like, that's a lot of what I'm hearing, even working with you guys over and outsource is like, you know, you might go to even me, it's like, you know, I can do justice to travel marketing, but I don't know as much about travel as you do, you know? So that expertise of these kind of niche marketing agencies, I think are really going to start exploding over the next decade. You know, I think you bring up a really good point there because I 
thought I knew a lot about travel because I had traveled and I was very fortunate to travel at a young age. But I am learning so much from people that I work with that have been in the industry for years and their expertise just blows my mind. And that, and then the fact that we can integrate that into our marketing to really create a solid piece is just, it's a team effort. And that's not something you're going to get from a lot of places. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought I knew a lot about travel too. And then I realized I live out of my backpack most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> or to let sleep in my car or something yeah but everyone travels different too it's like you know especially with dealing what you're dealing you got to have people who you know my, you know a, a 50 year old person's going to travel way different than me um mm-hmm. or you or you know we're probably going to travel different i realize that like as a person the hard way <laughs> like i was used to traveling my way and i've taken some people on trips where they were like not having a great time and i was like oh i feel bad now you know but it's just like everyone perceives and does things a little differently Um, yeah, you learn a lot going on vacation with someone. (laughs) Dude, that's like the ultimate thing. I think you have to like, like I was on, we traveled with uh, Dead and Company like four years ago. Oh, I remember that. We did photos in the summer and it was like, like Paul, um, Litho, Mama and Charlie. It's like, they're almost like my rider dies now because we lived in a truck for six like weeks together. You know, it's like, we didn't even have a hotel room most of the time or anything. So it's almost like me and Litho. It's like, all right, we've been through everything together or me and Paul. <clears throat> so it's pretty, it's pretty funny um, to think about how travel kind of changes relationships. Um, drawing a blank. <laughs> um, what, what, what would you tell? I'm going to reset. What would you tell new creatives entering the space of marketing, especially in video world that maybe you wish you knew either coming out of college or just a little earlier in your career? Um, Well, I'm going to touch on what I had said earlier. And you cannot be afraid to fail. Failing is the biggest way to grow. And it's scary, but you're going to do it even if you aren't prepared for it, it's just going to happen. So my biggest advice to newcomers would be it's okay to fail but just keep going. Just always keep trying, keep pushing yourself and consume, consume, consume content. You have to critically view content. My um, boyfriend makes fun of me because we'll be watching a movie and I'll just critique it. And not in a way that I'm like tearing it apart, but I'll watch it analytically. I'll be looking at the shots. I'll be looking at the cuts. I'll be thinking about the music. I'll be you know, really just diving into it. So I think, you know, it's like they always say, if you want to be a writer, you got to read. And I think the same thing goes for video content. I totally agree. It's like when you start viewing content analytically too, it's 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 just like a funny shift from everyone else. Like I will be sitting in the room watching a movie and I'll be like, oh my God. And they'll be like, what? And I'll be like, did you see how bad that lighting was? <laughs> like that was terrible. It shouldn't have been in the film. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Um, what are Go ahead. I was just going to say, I've actually had to turn stuff off before because I've been so turned off by little elements like that, that I, it just wasn't working in my brain, you know? And I'm like, how is everybody yeah. else fine with this? <laughs> yeah. It's especially like advertisements or like paid ads. And like, it, now it's like, now everything I view, I critique, but it's, it's, that's important that you, cause that was something I not like struggled with, but like, I kind of am not like a. I don't consume a lot of content for fun, I guess. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I spend my time either working or like doing self-development or like just being out in the world. It's like, I don't usually sit down and just like uh, crack out on shows, but I think it's important. You know, it's like, there's been times where I had to be like, all right, you know, 
it's weird to think sitting around for a day watching TV is, is good for your career, but it is. It's brilliant. It's like music, you know, it's like, I'm a, I'm a drummer of 15 years and it's like, I learn from listening to music. Like I don't go in the studio for like a week and come in and have things in my head just from um, what I saw and what I heard. Yeah, I completely agree. And also I think there's like a, a, a rhyme to the reason of like repurposing things. Um, it's like, I don't know. I've gotten a lot of, I, I've been inspired for things I do, like maybe in the cannabis industry from like stuff I've seen in a coffee shop in like a random city I'm traveling in or like, oh, it's interesting that this travel agency does this. Maybe that would be cool to kind of re- remove that and kind of pull it back into your own industry or your own client. Yeah, I think you can find inspiration in a lot of unexpected places if you are just open to it. Absolutely. Um to track back a little bit to failing, what are, what are some ways you, you kind of coped with like developing that, like kind of, um, I've heard the term we used before developing that callus, you know, like if you're, if you're sitting here listening to this and maybe you're in the middle of this right now, what are some things you kind of did to just remind yourself like, Hey, it's going to be okay. Um, this is very nerdy and lame, but I am a lit, I'm a list person. So, you know, when it was really, really hard for me, I, I'd kind of almost like a diary entry, write out what I really liked about it and then really critique myself and say, okay, but where did they get that feedback? Cause you have to, mm-hmm. they didn't make it up, you know, that that's how they honestly felt. And I think part of that too, is you have to trust and respect the people that you're working with, whether it's a client or a coworker. I mean, you're, it's got to be symbiotic. So you can't just dismiss their feedback and say, oh, well, I'll just do it their way just to get it done. I think you have to be willing to kind of let that sink in. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, just having that moment of reflection. But in the same note, I think it's okay to ask if you're not getting, if you're just being told, you know, oh, I don't like this. I think it's okay to say, okay, what would you like more? Or why, why didn't you like it? Because as long as you know, you're being respectful, if you, if you can't wrap your head around why it failed, you're not going to be able to do better the next time. Right. And it's, it's, it's that, it's that constantly growing and, you know, in, in creative, especially like, you might be right. You know, it's like, it's weird. Like right's really subjective when it comes to marketing, it seems sometimes. And it's like, it's important to ask the questions because it helps you get to the bottom of it. You know, that was kind of being younger. Um, you know, I, I feel like we're hum- at least people who are kind of humble, like think that, you know, they kind of pull themselves back and think like, that's something I've had to really take hold of is now that I own my own company. I really don't have anyone to answer to, but I have to be confident in what I'm doing and know that sometimes like my ideas are worth standing by. But at the same time, you have to know when to learn and internalize what other people are saying. And then you kind of add, you know, it's like, don't make the same mistake twice too, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. It's kind of that old adage of like, you have to pick your battles. And sometimes, you know, you do have to stand up and say, you know, I really think this is the wrong call. I really think we're taking this in the wrong direction. Sometimes you win, sometimes you won't, but it's yeah, it's and the more you do it, the more you'll know when it's a battle that you really feel confident in and that you really want to win. Yeah, marketing's a well a really uh full rounded kind of experience. You know, it's a lot a lot of people skills have to be developed and a lot of understanding and like we were talking prior perception. So I definitely agree there. You um working at a travel agency, COVID's definitely hit you guys probably the hardest. Um, unless you're Las Vegas or something like that. How has your company dealt with 
COVID kind of during this time? Oh boy. <laughs> I I will say like it has been sad. I would say it's just the biggest thing because we all really care about each other and we really care about these agents and watching them losing these bookings because, you know, they literally can't go to that resort or like that cruise line is not open. So I think the biggest the first thing and the most important thing that we did was have compassion and show compassion and just kind of put a pause on everything else. You know, we didn't just blindly continue with our marketing campaigns to our agents or to the public. Like we didn't know what was going on. So that was a challenge. I mean, we had to sit back and really as a team say, what do our agents need right now? How can we help them right now? Forget about what we were planning on doing. And you know, how do we get through this? So that, that was the biggest thing. And I mean, we, we have been hit, you know, I would say, I don't want to say harder than any other industry, but in a very unique way, because it's going to have a little bit of a lasting impact more so than others. Um, And one of the trends that we're seeing already is like this push towards domestic travel. And nobody was really that interested in staying within the United States last year. And all these polls are coming out now. And, you know, we've done our own surveys with um, our agent base and their clients And everybody feels a lot more comfortable traveling within the United States. So, you know, as a marketing team, we have to shift completely because we're used to trying to show you exotic destinations that really make you want to hit your bucket list, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now it's I've seen a lot of car companies go to that like open road, kind of getting back on the road and doing those those type of things within the country. Um, Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought again. Um, like you're, I think what this time has really shown, especially with agents and business, is like we kind of were just hit with like the biggest shakeup possible, you know. And it's it's really great to hear you guys kind of take the same approach I did, where it's it's time to slow down and kind of think about. It's important to think about where can I provide value, you know, even if you're providing value this other way, because in my world, I was doing conferences and expos and really killing it. And that disappeared overnight. You know, it was like, let's all right, well, that's done. I got to switch gears to do this. But, you know, it was the same thing where it was like, I really slowed down. I sold, I slowed down sales. And it's like, you know, not that I'm not, you know, I'm not a multi-million dollar industry. I'm not a, you know, it's like, I need to keep my functions going, but I knew in the world I was in and the people I was dealing with that that wasn't what they wanted. Um, did you, have you seen a, like a large kind of turnover I'm, or like a, have you seen a lot of these agents kind of lose their position or did you, have you seen that a lot of them adapt? Well, honestly, I think that the majority have stayed very strong. I mean, of course, you know, you have moments where you're just like, I'm going to lose it. But in general, I mean, I think they're so passionate about what they do. They love their clients that it's just disheartening, but not enough to make them completely abandon what they love, you know, and, they, and they're dedicated to being a voice in the travel industry to get things done. You know, they're actively calling these suppliers and these tourism boards and all of these industry organizations that we have that kind of govern the travel industry for change and to get stuff done. I mean, they're active, they are working hard. And I would say, of course, you know, not everybody's going to survive or even say, you know, because if you got into travel a month before this happened, are you really going to stick with it? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, maybe if it's been a lifelong dream, but otherwise, I think it's reasonable to say that, of course, some people are going to drop off. But, you know, I think in general, if anything, it's kind of 
re-energized people and made what what we keep telling agents is this is going to show travelers your value because the next time somebody wants to book, they're going to be nervous. They're going to need that extra security. And that's what you are, that extra knowledge and expertise and security And I think that once we are able to travel again, travel agents will be back stronger than we've seen them in years. That's actually really, really smart. And it makes total sense to me because now there's almost a new, there's almost a new value to them and it's making sure I'm safe. Exactly. Is is the play line, is the airline I'm using keeping up to standards? Is these hotels cleaning their rooms every day? Is Florida safe or not safe? You know, um, it's like these it's going to be important, especially when international travel comes back. You know, you guys were already doing so well with international travel. It's like you're going to like, you know, that's even more unknown than domestic. And while, you know, things are still tough and a lot of people are still trying to get back on the wagon. But I think we're going to end up reflecting on this time and seeing that we were pretty resilient, you know, and there are a lot of people, like I said, that definitely taken it. But like these travel agents who've made it through these companies like you, companies like myself, it's like we're still here kind of we're ready you know it's like we're here with you guys i know that's like the cliche thing that everyone is saying now but it's it's so true and it really is proving true with a lot of these companies so it's it's really good to hear you kind of reiterate that yeah there was something that you said when you were talking about slowing down and repositioning your value and finding your value and i just loved that because we've been asking ourselves the same thing lately you know now is the time that if there's anything we've just kind of been doing because that's the way we've always done it let's evaluate that is that really providing the best value for our agents and you you had also mentioned that you made a a bunch of your business on expos and kind of like live events. And that's a big thing for us as well, because we offer live education for our uh, travel agents. And we have one specifically really big event each year that's out of the country. It's called our Crystal Conference and Awards. And this year it was supposed to be at the um, Iberostar um, in Mexico. And of course, you know, all of those live events pretty much got canceled. I think we maybe have one or two at the end of the year that we're still hoping to pull out. And we could have just took that as a loss, but instead we created a whole new virtual education series that we're offering the agents at like a ridiculous fraction of the cost. I honestly think it is like a total steal, but, um, you know, it pushed us to be creative in a different way and to still find a new way to position our value. And like you said, I think that the people that are doing that with marketing, with their internal processes, those are the companies that are going to survive this. I hope. Absolutely. I, well, I, 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 I'm really optimistic all the time. So I mean, but I really do believe that because like a, a term I've been using too with content, but I think it speaks louder to everything is con- the word conscious. <clears throat> you know, it's like, I've been talking about conscious content recently and it's like, that's what this time is really requiring. And I mean, we could spin down all these different things happening now, but it's about, it's about slowing down and thinking and becoming more aware and becoming more conscious. And like, like you said, it's like, even in my own life, I've I've like uh, taken some of those words of advice where it's like, let's reevaluate, you know, am I doing things? Am I chasing, you know, even dreams and your careers and all these different things. Like, am I doing this the way I want? Am I, am I moving in the way I can? And also can I change now? Cause everyone's a little slower, you know, especially like I kind of relaunched my company during COVID at the end of COVID I launched it June 1st cause I was going through a split up with my former uh, business partner. So like I, I held off the rebrand for three months until I felt like it was ready, but it also gave me this beautiful time to build my website, reset, think about things and kind of plan 
what moving forward looks like because there's still unknowns you know it's like we don't know like are we going to be <clears throat> is the second wave coming in december in the fall are we going to be on lockdown still then are we going to be out of the woods next year i mean let's hope um but there's a lot of everyone's navigating now you know a little differently than they had to before Yes, completely. I certainly hope that it will not continue into next year. But, um, you know, if if it does, I think that that'll just show us all the work that we've done this year. And I think that it'll it won't be as bad as we think. I mean, of course, we like you said, there's so many things that we just don't know. Mm -hmm. So there's not like we can prepare for every possible outcome. But in the end, I guess I choose to be optimistic because it's easier on my mental health. (laughs) I just like, I have faith. I have faith in people. Um, and I know it's a hard time for a lot of people to have faith in people, but I think we always, I don't know. It's a, it's, I've been having this weird thought of when I was like, I said this pretty much because of the music, but it's like, I remember being younger thinking about like the sixties and the seventies and like, Oh man, they had like music and purpose and stuff then. And it's like, now we're basically in that again. And this is what it feels like. And this is why we're in, we're and it's like, I, I don't know. I keep thinking about what I'm going to think in 10 years. What was I doing now? And I want to make sure it, it mattered in my own arena. You know, I don't think I'm that influential of an individual, but <laughs> it's like I have a company, I have clients, I have even if it's eight people who I'm working for, it's like I want people to remember those eight clients to be like, that guy helped us during that time. Because it's like, that's just going to pay off later. I mean, look at like, you know, you were asking prior, like how this podcast kind of came together. And a lot of these people are people I've provided value to, um, you know, rather it's friendships or actually business. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I actually have a pretty similar philosophy. And I think it's very healthy when you're in video to kind of have that mindset because everybody wants to go viral. You know, they want to mm-hmm. have that one video that is just seen all across the world. But I'll be honest, that's not what I'm in it for. When I get that one comment from an agent that says, thank you for making this video, it, it really meant a lot to me, or wow, that was so nice of you guys, or this is perfect, I can't wait to share this. Just that one person touching that one person, I feel like, like you said, it was conscious content. It makes me feel like I did the right thing at the right time for that person, and that's all I need. We live in instant gratification land now just kind of because of all the, the way content's given to us now quickly things go. But it's like the, it, patience is the one of the big words I tell myself all the time is like we're not, you know, it's like you don't know the domino effect of what you're doing, even rather it's content or just being a good person. I was just telling my roommate yesterday, it's like I've been making sure to like just tell people I appreciate them over the past couple of months. And it's because you don't know when that could be that thing they needed to hear that day. Or it's like when you're creating that video, it's like that one person who watched it, who that taught them, that made them go to their dream destination. Or like even listening to this podcast, like if we've inspired you to chase your dream or to step into video or to do something, it's like that means a lot more to me than getting $15 every hundred, every thousand times this is listened to. Yeah, completely. Like I'm not trying to change the world, but it'd be really great to know that I changed one person's life. Well, that's how I think the world changes. You know, I think it... I think it changes when these little circles of people start helping each other. And then it's kind of like that, you know, like it's like a ripple in a pond. It's like every, if everyone starts dropping pebbles everywhere, the ripples are going to start coming together and start working together. Um, so I think it's, it's really important, especially when you're, you know, we're young people who don't aren't very wealthy. You know, it's like, we're still kind of figuring it out in this world. And it's like, we don't have a ton of impact and it's not because we don't have a ton of care. It's just because we don't have a ton of resources. 
So with the resources we have and with the time, including time, um, you know, with the resources we have, it's important to do what we can. If it, that's one person, you know what? I just have to take that for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And like so you whole, said, you never know where it's going to go. Yeah, you really don't. And you don't, it's like, especially with social media, it's like, it's a giant web, you know, like, especially LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn has done me wonders and it's like, it kind of works like a web where people see, like if someone likes it, you know, I've connected with like the CMO of Anheuser-Busch, um, like on the last podcast, I don't know what order these are all in. So I don't mean the last is the previous one, but it's with the one with BC, um, Wayham on it. Um, he, we talk a lot about LinkedIn and just how, you know, it's like we, he's a f- actor. And I was like, I basically went on there and pulled up people who work for Netflix and people you can talk to. So it's like, when you get on these platforms, even that one video can move so far away from your stratosphere. Even if it takes a year though, like back to patience, like you might have to make a piece of content that sits online for a year to get the full effect out of that piece of content. Yeah. The one thing I've learned too is just because you make content and you put it out there does not mean that you're done. Mm-hmm. Like you can reshare that. You can repurpose it, cut it up, use that footage in a different way, put it in a blog post. You know what I mean? There's so many different things that you can do. So if you're sitting on content and you're waiting for it and you're waiting for it, you know, just think outside of the box and keep pushing. And how, how are some ways you guys repurpose your content, especially with interviews? I find interviews to be very repurposable. Oh, gosh. Um, well, we almost always will create a blog post for a video if it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. So that's cool because I think that it really can show like provide a little bit more context and add a little bit more because we try not to make our videos, you know, too crazy long. You can't include everything in there. So the blog gives us the opportunity to really set the scene. And sometimes I even get to share my experience in the studio and why it was important to me. And that's really, really fun because I don't really get to talk about that that much. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes we'll completely just take footage cut it together in a new way and, you know, put it out there. Like, let's say we have four different testimonials, each from a different client. Now we have the opportunity to create a highlight reel. You know what I mean? So like, um, and we'll do Instagram shorts. So instead of trying to fit the whole thing, you know, we'll just grab specific sound bites to try to get you to our YouTube channel. And, you know, I'm still trying to experiment and find new ways to repurpose content because just because you put it out once, you know, it's not, unusable now yeah absolutely and being i think we have a little bit of an advantage being video people because our content can be multi-purpose so much you know it's like it right now we're not in the same room due to covid and our time restraints but um if we were it'd be a video you know and the audio and the text file that we could make into a blog and audio snippets to put here and things for you to use so it's like getting the you like, that's one reason i push it like promote video on people is like if we could take this and you know, transcribe this podcast and then show people video clips of each other and then cut the little segments out. It's like you could have months of content from if this were being billed, you know, let's say we charge a couple hundred, five hundred thousand dollars to do that. But now you have content for months. Um, And that's kind of how we like to sell here at Trad Media Group is we do like what's called a uh, like an asset library build. So it's like, I'll come out and shoot a ton. It's like, we're going to come in and shoot. We're going to interview all the people who work at your company. We're going to shoot B-roll of the office. We're going to go this, do that. And then that way we can have conversations later about like, all right, well, how do we get to this goal without having to bring the production crew back out without having to invest that pre-production time? I mean, you know how much time goes into preparing these shoots. Oh boy, do I. <laughs> and, you know, I take a similar approach when, 
when applicable. Um, and in the beginning of this year, it's a, it was our 15th anniversary this year. So, you know, that was a big thing for us. So we sat down with a bunch of different employees. We actually opened it up to everyone. So it was completely voluntary. And anybody that wanted to come into the studio, we had like a few questions to ask them. And now we have so much footage that we've been working with. And honestly, it ended up being such a blessing because we couldn't record for months. We couldn't get in the studio with COVID and everything going on. But because we had built up our library, we had so much to work with. And then we were able to cut it together and create a whole new message that we didn't even intend just to support our agents right now. Because of course, we had beautiful things to say about them. But we had a kind of a different project in mind because of the way everything panned out, flipped it on its head, took it in a different direction. But you know that's working internally. So like these are my people in general. So I'm just really impressed that you take that approach for your clients because that seems to me like such a full service benefit. It, it it what it does is and you just said is like you guys were prepared. You know you not that I think COVID is going to happen a bunch in our lives. You know, but it's like you overnight things changed and there was nothing me you or anyone else could do about it. So it's like with content and having like those lines of communication open and like even a website, I switched to doing websites when COVID happened, but it's like, it's amazing how many places don't have a good website, you know, restaurants in Cleveland, uh, you know, different, um, even like agencies and things of that nature who didn't put their time into that website. Cause now it's like, all right, well, because of something like COVID you had to wake up tomorrow and now you don't have the option to open your store anymore. Like that's not an option. So it's like, now you don't have that. It's like, well, now you have to put in a month or, you know, it's like for, if I come to you, if I can't do something tomorrow and I come to you and I'm like, Ashley, I need a video. You're going to be like, all right, well, I need a week to think about it and prepare it. And then we need another week to get the pieces together. And then we need another week to get the crew. And, you know, it's like, now you're four weeks out and it's like, that's a month that you didn't get to do anything. Yep. Unless you just want stock or like a 30 second motion graphics. <laughs> yeah. And stock's terrible, except like travel is probably the best industry for stock though. So I, I do like, I think there's a lot of really high quality travel stock. So you guys could probably do a lot, have a lot of fun with it. But man, if you're like a restaurant, like I like, have, <laughs> I wanted to start a series of like, I don't even know what I'd call it, but it's basically like ridiculous stock because like I'll go online and search like the best one I've searched recently was women camping. And it was like, it was terrible. It was just like people who were like dressed like not even hippies, but like if you were to go to like Walmart and buy hippie stuff, like cliche like flowers on their head, and they're all like sitting in this perfectly lit and their their makeup done. It's it was just like like man, dreamy if, lighting and like yeah, like if you were like a North Face or something, and you had not that they would ever be in that position, but if you were like an outdoors company and had to use that, like no one's buying that, you know, and it's like buying into that whole thing. But it's like, there's always so many, um, I mean, stock's gotten a lot better, especially like diversity was a big issue with stock photos for a while. Di um, diversity is still such an issue. And it really is actually an issue in travel. I don't want to get on my soapbox here, but like, no, no, it's, I mean, please, because it's like cannabis is the same thing. No, it's so frustrating because, and you know, I'm speaking strictly just stock here, but like, if I'll go to one of my trusty old sources and I just put couples on the beach or whatever, they're all going to be white, straight, very attractive couples. Yeah. And I might have to search. And then, you know, even if I do, and like, usually it's the really nice destinations and the really pretty looking places that have the pretty, almost always white people. And then the most I can get for like a black or an African-American person is like camping in what's probably a backyard somewhere. 
And I'm just like, I'm, I refuse to use that. That's not yeah. accurate representation of that community. That's not, it's so frustrating. And I have pushed and pushed, but luckily I found a couple, not so much with video, but a couple of really good free resources for stock photos. Cause I, I help with our graphics as well from time to time. Mm-hmm. And those I mean, I, and they're free. It doesn't cost me any money to use them. And their diversity is so, so much better. So what do you use? Uh, I don't want to butcher it. Um, cause I always add a letter upsplash. Upsplash. Upsplash is fantastic. And they, oh. um, Oh no, I ruined it. I knew I was going to do that. Let me do this. Again. <laughs> I use unsplash. It's free. You don't need to provide um, author credit. You can edit however you need to. And they have such good diversity in there from my experience. And then the other one I'll use from time to time, I believe, is Pex- Pexels. Pexel, yep. Yeah, and they're better than a lot of the paid options. What's mm-hmm. a bit of a bummer is their video libraries aren't as um, immense, but... Working in travel, I do have access to supplier B-roll to use in R. So, you know, I didn't go shoot it, but it's not exactly stock footage either. So you can get a lot better diversity there. Royal Caribbean's pretty good about it. Um, Carnival Cruise Line's fantastic with their diversity and celebrity cruises. And they have B-roll that I can just use. And so, you know, I get so excited when I get to make videos for their brands because I can make it actually look like the people that sail on their ships, you know? Yeah, that's that's so especially like other like I use to like clarify me having a little more diversity. I have a paid service I use. So I think I probably have a lot better options um, than like I have a monthly membership. So I probably get a little bit of better options than the free world of content ads. But another thing, like two other things I see a lot that bug me are like the way they dress people. Like, let's say there is an African-American family on the beach. It's like, why are they wearing JCPenney's clothes? Like they don't no one would look like that. Like it just doesn't look real or it's like even with other people, like the hippie one, it's like what they were wearing didn't make sense. So it's like to me that detaches the personalization with it. And then the other thing is I don't like when people just they work sometimes, but like a lot of when you search diversity photos, it's like they put every diversity in one photo. It's like a really mixed bag. Like and that's great for certain things, but it's like it doesn't individualize needs, you know, and it doesn't allow you to find like if I don't it almost looks like oh you purposely did it this way if that makes sense no absolutely it doesn't feel authentic and I think that that just cheapens it and I mean there is definitely a lot of good stuff out there it just takes some digging and it can be very frustrating that's time though that's money you know it's like if I have to you know and I do that and like you do that I'm sure it's like you spend it it would be nice to spend less time trying to find just a simple photo of, you know, an African-American family walking down the beach or something, you know, it's like, but you have to put that extra time, which on an agency level, that's more money, which, you know, not necessarily gets passed to the client, but if it doesn't, it's a loss on my end too. Um, So it's, you know, I think like in cannabis, I actually was just hired to do a stock photo job for a website who basically was like, you know what, we're going to give you some money and get us a really diverse shoot. So I've actually been scheduling a ton of different shoots all around Cleveland in different areas. But a lot of companies are resorting to paying for that um, just so they have it, you know, because they can't find these things they need. Cannabis, too. The other issue is that every photo of cannabis is like pretty much what you would think it would be, Um, which isn't how the world of cannabis works. We're not all stoners who sit in our vans down by the river. Oh, don't (laughs) say. No, No. I think that's such a crazy thing that like in this like modern time, it's still so 
just people have all these very old notions about it. And I almost feel like you'd have to like actively try to not educate yourself to like not know about some of those huge myths that have just Mm -hmm. been like completely debunked over time. Yeah, especially here in Ohio. Um, I was nice to go out to Colorado and kind of get like a breath of fresh air on how people use it. Um, Because it's like even like here, it's like no one talks about dosing. You know, it's like even being in the industry made me a much better consumer of the product because it made me think about it in like different ways. So it's like I'm really excited to see it happen eventually, you know, because I think it helps a lot of people. Being able to capture somebody's story like that and being able to share it that is so powerful and there's just so much potential there. And I just hope that people, you know, are open-minded to any content that they see. You don't need to agree with it in the end. You don't need to just take it as gospel, but there's a lot of information out there. Be open-minded and then do your own research, whether it's on, you know, cannabis information on desigmatization. I'm not going to say that word, (laughs) whether it's on it, like the information surrounding cannabis, or whether it's rumors about travel and where to Absolutely. go. I mean, there's just, you know, <laughs> we can't control what consumers do. We have a big responsibility do. as content creators to like, that's why it's important for us to stay true to these messages we have and stick to brands and to have perspectives, kind of to tie up everything we've been talking about. Um, it's We have a lot of responsibility now, you know, um, in this world of content everywhere, you know. Um, and I think it's important to get these messages for people out there because travel is I think there's a lot of relationship between our two industries here because travel is something where it's like you know my father is a, a pretty conservative cat and uh he doesn't travel like he won't leave Ohio and he's like he thinks he's gonna die if he goes to California and it's like dude like you're just not really getting the, tr- the, the full picture here you know it's like there's ways to travel safely I've been everywhere from South America to you know Canada to Mexico and it's like there's safe ways to do things there's unsafe ways to do things but that's why you need a travel agent am I right (laughs) yes (laughs) no but I think you really hit the nail on the head I mean and I'm sure it would apply to many other industries outside of ours but find the experts and let them empower you let them educate you because travel is a beautiful thing and I mean it can open your mind and open your world and make you more compassionate and it's also just fun (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it, I think, I mean, like to speak just on travel for a second, it's like travel changed my life. Like travel is, oh, I wish I had these awesome quotes in front of me. There's a really good book about travel called Vagabond. Um, and I can't think, here, I'll look real quick. Um, but it really just, it, it's, it's a lot about um, kind of like li- tra- how easy, how you can travel by lesser means. Um, it is by Rolf. Can't see his last name. It's called Vagabond. You'll find it. Um, It's really, it talks about how like travel is so quintessential to perspective building Um, because it's like you, you even traveling with the Grateful Dead. I traveled 16 mile, thousand miles across the country from all up and down the East coast, all the way across the country, down the West coast and then like up through the South. And it's like, people live differently in this country. You know, you kind of tend to forget that, you know, sometimes is like, everything isn't how it is in Cleveland, Ohio. You know, it's like people in the Midwest live differently. People on the West coast live differently. And then traveling around the world, just like it, hum- you know, it's like when you're in South America and Tobago where, you know, people aren't even coming close to making what you're making, but they're happy and they live good lives and they're, they're treating you well and stuff. It kind of makes you question like, how am I not happy with what I have and how am I not doing what I have 
back home. So I think travel is one of the keys to life, to be honest with you. Yeah, I completely um, agree with everything you said. And I loved that you brought up, you know, that there's so much that we can learn domestically. And I think people forget how huge the United States is. Like, pull out a map, guys. It is huge. And then you like like you said i mean i live in ohio i've lived in ohio my whole life even just going down to florida or going to california or going to maine you are in a completely different place and you yeah. people talk a little bit different maybe they're maybe people have a different mode of transportation like mm-hmm. i'm not really big on public transport but then you go to new york and that's all they do there you know what i mean yeah. so like it can really open your perspective. And then, of course, once you get into international travel from like China, Australia, Brazil, Russia, like it really doesn't matter because each place is so unique and so specific. And then within each of those countries, no two places are going to be exactly the same. Have you traveled internationally? Not as much as I would like. But yeah, I've been to a couple countries in Europe and I've been to... Um, uh, like Cozumel, Riviera Maya, uh, most recently Cabo San Lucas. And then I did a yeah. cruise, which took me to one of the coolest places I've ever been. It's Royal Caribbean's private island. And it I just Ooh. felt like I just I was like, I'm never leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get co- I'm going to get pandemic there next time. Yes, please. With my laptop and we'll be creating I can create videos down here. Like it's a win win situation. What's the most like in. Um, I don't want to say story, but like, what's the most impactful trip you took that you felt like really brought you some value? Uh, I w- that would definitely have to be when my grandma took us to Europe. Um, I was in like fifth or sixth grade Ooh. and we went to England and then we went to France and then we went to Italy. Um, so just, I mean, the whole experience, I mean, even just flying over there and traveling that far. And like I said, even just the different modes of transportation, taking like the, um, like different, like we took a train and then we took, um, like I always pronounce it wrong, but it's like the underground, like the, the channel or the channel that takes you from England to France. So, I mean, even just the modes of moving around was really eye opening for me, but then the history, the museums, of course, my grandma took us everywhere educational she possibly could. And then the food, I mean, I had escargot and I was like, 12 and like it just really made me want to be open to new experiences and want to learn new things and hearing people speak a different language and just the way that they walked and kind of you know it's just different Mm -hmm. and it really i don't know made me just fall in love with all of people you know that's awesome it's probably that was probably so impactful especially young like my first really big trip wasn't i mean i my parents took us places when I was growing up, but it was very much like Disney World and the zoo and stuff like that. It wasn't like any kind of really out there thought provoking place, but it was like, I wasn't until like I was 19 or something until I really took like a big trip like that. So I couldn't imagine how that impacted, you know, middle school and high school for you and even college. Well, journey. it definitely gave me the travel bug. (laughs) Traveling. Yeah, I know that bug. That's the thing that's killing me during all this COVID stuff right now, but we will be out of it um, sooner than later. So just to close, I like to, as a fan of information, um, I was kind of wondering if there's any books you've read recently that have been very impactful to you. Uh, no, <laughs> I wish I made more time for reading, but I'm really, really bad about it. Do you audiobook? Um, not in a while. What I, what's been good for me right now is um, 
like just blogs or newsletters or like kind of like even just like LinkedIn stuff like that. Um, so I can get like very hyper specific information for what I'm looking for at the time. I'm sure since you're a huge LinkedIn proponent, you follow their like um, their blog or whatever. I can't remember yeah. like their water cooler message or something. Yeah. That, yep. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called either. And then there's like a few video specific like sort of things that I follow that just get sent to me directly. And that's kind of what I'm all about. That's cool. I mean, that's like, I, I say a lot of times that like, you know, your phone is like a lot of, there's a lot of free education on that phone in your hands, you know? And it's like, I've learned to build websites through YouTube videos. I've learned to do a lot of things through that. So I think the internet's definitely a great tool. It's like, it's good that you can fill time with that. You don't have to totally commit to a book. I'm a big audiobook person. Um, I just like, saying I suck at reading might be the wrong term, but I read slow, you know, I don't, I don't process as well, like reading. So I like videos and I like audio, um, being a musician, a video person. So I've really fell in love with audiobooks, um, which I drive a lot for work. So I guess I have a lot of time to, you know, like you could pretty much get through most books in like 10 to 20 hours and you can play them faster too. So you can listen to them faster. Yeah, like two times the speed. <laughs> yeah, it's like because I read like one word. At, I just I read slow. It's just not um, it's not what I'm good at. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a very slow reader, and I used to get made fun of for it. But that's the only way that I'll retain the information. If I'm just like I can read quickly, but it, it, my brain's not actually processing it. Yeah, that's a lot of what it was for me. Is I I think too much when I read. Like I'll read something and start thinking about it, and then I realize I'm like reading with my eyes but not like actually processing it so it's like it just takes me so long to get through um collateral i read a book when i was nine i think it was 19 or 18 it's called managing oneself which was pretty it's like a little short 64 page book by harvard business review um but it talks about knowing how you learn um and that was really pivotal in, in my life because i thought i was i felt pretty stupid in high school like i just didn't perform well um i never had great grades and stuff but it's like once i kind of figured out that i learned through audio and through different things like my my uh education ability kind of like skyrocketed so i think it's important to figure out where your medium is i completely agree i also struggled in high school partially due to that and other reasons but once i got to college and just had more control over how i learned of course you know you professors are going to lecture like whatever but other, otherwise it's pretty on you to like get that content down yeah and definitely. i think that that's important you know just figuring out yourself and you know also when it comes to how you learn but also one of the biggest things i've learned at khm is how i interact with people and like improving on my like personal relations and that's something i'm so thankful for because i don't think we always spend enough time like thinking about how other people perceive us and what part of that is something we can control. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just part of personal growth. Yeah. It's a, well, people are weird. <laughs> it's weird to be, you know, all that stuff is like such a, it's such a, it's such a, it's just a journey. You know, I've been, I've been trying to fall in love with the process, not only professionally, but in life, you know, it's like, it's just one day at a time. It's just getting better. And it's like, I think the fact that, you know, we're sitting or having this conversation is just as important, you know, even in the grander scheme of things, here's two, you know, young and up and coming video people who are thinking a lot. Of, I think a lot about it, a lot of good stuff. And it gives me hope that there's a lot more people like us out there. And hopefully when we're 
in our forties and when we're kind of got our, got our hands on the wheel, whether it's for KHM or rather it's for Trad Media Group or rather it take, we get taken to these other great places. I have a lot of faith knowing people like us or like yourself are out there doing a lot of great things. Yes. The future for video is definitely bright. And, and I'm sure everywhere else too. I don't want to just put us video people on top and I don't even want to boast myself, but it's like, I, I think there's a lot of people having great conversations and that's going to pay off in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I'm really impressed by kids these days, honestly. And it, it does give me hope because they're, they're strong, they're vocal, they're active and they're talented. They're going to get it done. Yeah, I think so too. And I think there's, I think we battle with we battle with it's it, getting, we got to get everyone on that, you know, on that ship. Cause there's a lot of people, you know, I've had experiences trying to get people on my team or at other companies where it's like, you know, a lot of people are missing kind of that boat of what's happening now. So it'll be interesting, but we're going to win. We always do. We're, we're people. Yes. <laughs> people for people will always people win. For people, conscious content and make sure to travel. I think that's the summary of the podcast. I love it. Oh, <laughs> and don't forget, use a travel agent. And use a travel agent. Use KMH, even if you're not here in Ohio, um, they're going to do it for you. But to close out, if you want to plug your company, if you want to plug yourself on LinkedIn, whatever you want to plug, plug away. Oh, plug. Okay. Well, if you want to learn more about KHM Travel Group, I suggest that you go to khmtravel.com or just search us on YouTube. We have a very active channel. Go ahead and subscribe. <laughs> and right then uh, LinkedIn, I would say just follow um, you know, Anthony and he'll probably tag me in this podcast. Yeah. The Content Marketing Podcast doesn't have a website at the moment of this of me speaking so i guess it's completely irrelevant because it's going to be out later <laughs> but um we have trav media group will keep you in the loop on things ashley this was really fun i really appreciate your time i know you were i know this is your first podcast yes i was so yes. nervous <laughs> i think you are awesome you have a great you have a great voice you are very well thought out and you you speak with with your heart and that's awesome well, thank you so much for just giving me this opportunity. I mean, yeah. it's really good to connect and see how you've been and what all you're up to. Yeah, it's like it's 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 good that we're it seems like we're in a lot of the same kind of boat doing our own individual things. So it's cool. It's good to hear that someone who very literally came from where I came from um, is making their way in this world as well. Started from the middle. Now we're slightly more in the middle. <laughs> yeah, now we're a little bit. I might even be lower. If <laughs> you're using, but I'm happy. Happiness is the key. And yes. I think that's what I'm redefining success as. I'm, you know, I've been saying, I think I said to, uh, I think I said to Dallas on whatever podcast, you know, it's like something I've been having to tell myself is like, I'm living my dream. You know, I've like thought about doing this for a long time and I'm doing it. And it's like, it's not about money. It's not about notoriety. It's not about the likes or the comments. It's about doing what you love and doing something that hopefully helps other people. Yeah. I think we're really lucky. I, I love my job. I love what I do. Yeah. It sounds like it. And it sounds like you work with a great group of people. So Ashley, everyone go check them out. Um, it was a pleasure. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Content Marketing Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the world of content marketing, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast streaming service. If you'd like to be featured on the show or have a topic you would like to hear discussed, email us at contentmarketingpodcast at gmail.com. This show is produced by Trav Media Group. For more information on how they can help you achieve your content marketing goals please visit www.travmediagroup.com. 
Until next time, this is Alfred, signing off.